When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You'll see the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sports book app. Now joined by the great Matt Mulebach, I'm Mike Luke. Hello, Matt. How you doing, dude? I'm doing well, Mike. How you doing, man? Uh, well, I've been better. Um, but uh, <laughs> the day after. Let, let's talk about it. Um, first of all, just you and I talked about this pretty much all season that, you know, we thought this was a good team, but Tommy Lloyd did a pretty good job masking, you know, some of the deficiencies here, but I think what threw everybody for a, 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 la, uh, a loss, including me, was any form of a lack of urgency. It just looked like they were going through the motions. And quite frankly, they looked tight out there, Matt. I mean, from about the 10 minute on in the first half, they looked tight. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's uh, it's odd, you know, because you look back five days ago, you know, they 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 beat UCLA. They had that run of Stanford, ASU, who we just saw have an unbelievable play-in game, and then uh, UCLA on on Saturday to win the Pac-12 championship. And you know, you look at their their uh, body language, their mojo, everything. They were they were hyped. You know, during that game, they they looked super excited. They played with a lot of urgency and and uh, and, and enthusiasm. You know, right. they they just didn't yesterday. And I. You know, I, I'm, there's no excuse. I mean, I've seen it happen. I've I've been a part of that before where, ironically, or I guess coincidentally, in 1989, um, I'm sorry, 1990, we played at the, we played the Pac-12 tournament. So it was the last Pac-12 or Pac-10 tournament back then before mm -hmm. they canceled it for about 10 years or whatever. And we beat UCLA in the final. And I, <clears throat> UCLA ended up being a, an elite eight team that year they had Don McLean and Tracy Murray and a host right. of other NBA players we played our best basketball the entire year and then for whatever reason five days later we 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 were terrible we played uh South Florida barely won and then we got upset by Alabama and we just did we had nothing we were we were it was a weird situation we had we had really weird energy we were in Long Beach you know and you figure West Coast um Tons of our fans were there. We were two seed, just like this team. It's the parallels are eerie to me, but um, you know, it's it's strangely what I say sometimes. The best thing that can happen to a team before the tournament is to lose. And I, if I'm not mistaken, two years ago when UCLA made a Final Four run from the play-in game, right? I believe they lost three or four games consecutively before they made that run. Right. I think what I think what's 
I think what is so dispiriting to at least people like me, though, is when you lost to, uh, you know, you brought up the Alabama game and you and I were talking about that in Vegas. Yeah. That was a team that was loaded with NBA players yeah. right there and probably was underseeded. Yeah. And even and to me, the biggest loss, in my in my opinion, um, or the most disappointing one will be Santa Clara. Um, yeah. Because, again, you had people also have kind of a misconception of that game. Steve Nash was not Steve Nash at that point. He had 10 points on one of seven shooting, averaged eight points per game. But you didn't. I didn't watch that game and say, man, Arizona looks shook. Arizona just, Arizona just didn't play well. Yeah. In this game, Matt, it looked like Arizona was shook and didn't play well. And you know what I think we also found? And we're going to, everybody, we're going to get to Kirk Risa in just a second here. Um, but what Arizona also found too is that you didn't, on the biggest moment, you didn't have a closer. You didn't have that dude. You didn't have that Sean Elliott, you know, that you played with. You didn't have the Miles Simon. Um, nobody really wanted that shot. And I know Courtney Ramey's getting beat up a lot on uh, Twitter for, you know, taking those shots. At least Courtney Ramey was trying to take yeah. the shot. And that I to agree. me, Matt, is something that really was disconcerting to put it mildly i'm with you and i go back to your original point yeah they looked they not they were i mean they looked tight they were tight um it was a strange conundrum because we all knew that where arizona had its you know significant advantage was inside right right? the problem with it was you know one of the guys inside i think had a broken hand Ballo had a broken make the point that you made to me on the on the phone the other day i thought or last night i thought it was an interesting point yeah, and it's you know so they're they're trying to go here. Here's the thing: you're trying to go inside, which was the right move, right? But at the same time, I love how Tommy you know talks about the tournament in terms of letting it rip, and you know you got to play loose, you got to play free, you got to you can't play not to lose. It's, I mean, once you get in a in a position of playing not to lose, like it's almost like a prevent defense in football, right? <laughs> you know, prevents right. you from winning. And you could tell that's what happened. And so it was the conundrum, as I said, was you got to get it inside because that's where your advantage is. But at the same time, they're packing the paint. They're giving you jump shots. And so you kind of know, you know, the strategies to get inside, but they're giving you. And I, it was it was really effective. All right. Let's let's talk about that in a second. But first, the ter- Four Peaks, the official brew of PHNX sports. You can get a kilt lifter. I like kilt lifter. Matt Mulebach has texted me pictures of Four Peaks before as well. So again, get them anywhere you want. Now, here's the deal. You already know the best place to be today. St. Patty's Day, Four Peaks, 8th Street Pub, of course. Hang with your favorite degenerates us or them and enjoy a good a damn good time must be 21 and up to enjoy enjoy responsibly now on top of that you've got uh DraftKings Sportsbook app now you might say to yourself DraftKings Sportsbook Mike Luke's an idiot he doesn't know anything I'm going to go against him so right now I am going to pick against ASU tonight, but here's the deal. You can put down five bucks and you can get up to $200 in free plays. Now, you might be a big Golden State Warriors fan like our good friend Matt Mulebach right here. And for obvious reasons, the Golden State Warriors are playing very, very good ball right now. And so the uh, you might say to yourself, all right, well, don't know what the deal was with Wiggins, but you had Steve Kerr right there. That's why you would bet on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX and bet on the Warriors. So 21 and up, Arizona only. Got a gambling problem. Call 1 800 next step. I'm look, I've been telling Matt all year the Warriors are going to get together, but you need Andrew Wiggins out there. Again, DraftKings Sportsbook app. Okay, Matt, you know a thing or two about guard play here. Um, 
my, my, my mom wanted to ask a question too about this, where when you get players, and again, I'm all for the new, uh, do you think that players that come here, let's just say internationally, and again, I'm all for the international aspect of it, you know, because again, the more players, the better, but do you think players like Kirk Risa, you know, because a lot of people are bringing up his comment right about it's just a, you know, it's just another game, which is definitely true. And my mom, I wanted my mom wanted me to ask you a question right here. Hold on, mom. Let me pull up my text right here. All right. Mom, who's a big Matt Muehlbach fan, says. um, And so basically, yeah, watching Selection Sunday was just kind of like, all right, well, you know, or we're we're off. Do, do, Do players like that understand what Arizona basketball is, what March Madness is. I mean, because to me, it's an interesting question that I don't necessarily have an answer to. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know for sure, but I think they do. Um, Mm -hmm. I think they do. I think they, I think once you get to, to Arizona, you, you get in McHale, you see all this stuff hanging on the walls, you know, you see players coming back. Hey, we had a, we had an unbelievable reunion. Um, What was it? Uh, Well, it was, it was actually for the, Lou Olson Memorial right. last year. And, um, and I think they see it. They feel it. They know all these guys. They know Richard Jefferson and Andre Iguodala. And you mentioned Steve Kerr. They see them all in the NBA. And I think they get it. I think they know the history. They know the, you know, what it means. And I think they understand the tournament and what's at stake. Like I said, it's, it's, it's difficult to even answer. I don't, I don't really have an answer why they felt like maybe the urgency wasn't there. Maybe the mojo wasn't there. Maybe they're, for whatever reason, their enthusiasm. And of all the things that Kirk Reese has been good at, that's, you know, that's been yeah. his enthusiasm has been amazing for two and a half years um, or three years. So why that happened, I don't know. Um, it's, it's a mystery and, and it certainly affected, you know, how they play. In my opinion. And, and again, I'm, I've kind of come to this realization over and again, people out there smarter than me have told me this from the beginning. I like Kirk Creesa as a player on the team. I think he can do some good things. And again, he's made some big shots. But I do believe at this stage, I believe you're somewhat limited, though, if Kirk Creesa is one of your starting players at that, you know, that 30 minute position. Now, again, Tommy Lloyd's a lot smarter than me. He'll figure this one out. But my, I guess my main thing is, is that when you have a guy like Kerr, who's not a Reggie Geary defender, who's not a Matt Muehlbach defender right there, <laughs> one of the more underrated defenders in school history, by the way, Matt Muehlbach. I appreciate um, it. But when, when you're not a next-level defender and you're not really a lights-out shooter, you're kind of a facilitator, I, I think it makes it a pretty easy to be – it makes it easier to be able to guard people. I'm, I would like to see his role maybe adjusted a little bit. I'd like to see Kylan Boswell get 30 minutes per game going in. That's at least where I would start. Am I just being a novice Matt, Matt Muehlbach or what do you say? No, I think you're, you're looking at all the ways to get better, right? And, right. and it might change. Um you know, I wonder. I look. This, he never said anything about. It. I do wonder if he wasn't a hundred percent with. I mean, he's played what four or three NCAA games now. And I don't think he's been a hundred percent for any of them, right. which is unfortunate. I, here's my thing, and, and I I go back to. I've always had this final four formula or final formula, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, final think, formula, get it? Final, I like final that. formula, you get that? Um, and so I think. The, the formula that I came up with, and it's not that hard. I mean, people come up with this all the time, but I think you start with, you start with the fact that you have multiple NBA players mm-hmm. and I look at this team and I'm not sure they do. Um, right. And they might, you know, I'm just not sure. And, and once you, after multiple NBA players, if you look at the four final fours that Arizona's had over the years, 
Arizona's had at least what three or four. I mean, some of them have had five or six NBA players on those teams. 88, I think had five or six. Um, I think the second thing you typically have with a final four type team, if you look at the history, not just Arizona, but anybody is an NBA point guard. Um, And so whether that means, you know, you know, Kerr could make the league or not, or maybe plays off guard, you know, maybe plays on, maybe plays off the ball. Um, and, and I think out of the four that Arizona's had, they've had four unbelievable NBA point guards. The only one that wasn't was Jason Gardner. And he, and was, he a, was surrounded by the best team in school yes. history. So, and he was, a, he was, he's the yes. exception, but when you have that kind of talent around, it exactly. makes things easier for you for sure. hundred percent. Then the third thing is rim protection. Right. And even though this team was, was Good big, point. it didn't really have rim protection. And um, and a hurt ball was not rim protection as well, right? He had, he had the broken broken right. uh, left hand. But you look again at, at most of those Arizona teams, they had rim protection. Um, and then I think the other the, the thing that I think was the was the hard part about yesterday was my other fourth thing is is multiple three point shooters. You got to have guys that make threes in today's day and age. And they 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 actually shot the ball pretty well this year. That was a real question going into the season. Right. It was it was a real question after the first couple months when the bigs played so well. They said, "Hey, people are going to dare them to shoot," and I thought they responded well in a number of you know throughout the year. You look at the percentage; they were a top. I think they were a top 40, 45 mm-hmm. three point shooting team. But for whatever reason, as we as we kind of back to that conundrum, they got tight. Um, the, the shot was something they were they were wanting to get it inside, and once they got tentative, it was they just nothing was falling, and and um, and that killed them. Because you take all those things that I just said, if you just make two threes, you win the game. Right. Yeah. But, but see, the other thing too that I think is so frustrating for Arizona fans is, and we get a lot of recruiting questions. I'll get into those tomorrow. I want to just mainly talk about the game right here. Um, but with Princeton, didn't even play well. I know. If Princeton had played well, they would have won by 20. That's the point, Matt, that I think is so disconcerting to so many people is that Princeton looked like trash, and it wouldn't surprise me at all. And you and I were texting back and forth during the game. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Missouri, who I don't even think is good, beats them by 30. I mean, they were were incredibly unimpressive, Matt. Yeah. No, I'm with you. They they, they didn't shoot it well at all. And, like, how many shots did they miss the last seven, eight minutes that you thought, oh, no, here they're going to make this and take it I almost felt like, in a weird way, it would have been better had Arizona gotten down ten to nothing to start right. the game, right? Because it would have kind of um, lit a fire under him. It would have lit a fire. It would have kind of created like having the lead. The I think I think I'm correct in this. They had the lead the entire game till the last minute, mm-hmm. um, and it was yeah. one of those things that because of that, the sort of playing not to lose was was so evident and. I use this analogy. I thought of this analogy the other day. When you're the tournaments like this, when you're walking down a sidewalk and and you're not concerned about falling off the sidewalk, it's what six inches, you know, fall down to the street, right? Right. Nobody's worried about it. So you can walk within one inch of the sidewalk, walk with no worries, walk along like no big deal. Right. But all of a sudden, if you said that sidewalk was and I'll say this for St. Patrick's Day, was the Cliffs of Moher in Ireland. <laughs> right, it's right. 900 feet to the bottom of the ocean there. Right. It, it does things to you. You, you, you like yeah. people know what I'm saying. And it's, it's that kind of like fear of, of the, of falling down that right. can create like weird things among people. And, and, and I think again, the plane not to lose, it was, it was just a tough, it was a tough situation. 
All right. There's a couple things too, that I think we also found out about and that's uh, where, you know, maybe a guy like Ben Matherin masked some things. And again, I think we're going to find out that Ben Matherin is going to be one of the handful of best players to ever come through here. But first circle K you might say to yourself, Mike Luke, what do I need to know about circle K? Here's what you need to know. John Schuster and I drove up to Las Vegas and we stopped by circle K twice, once on the way up, once on the way back, we got free, uh, or not free, but we got good rates on gas. We got some good food as well. And here's the deal. You can give up to, uh, uh, you can get a $500 gas card because we're excited to partner with our friends at Circle K to kick things off. We've teamed up for an amazing giveaway opportunity. Text PHNX to 31310 for an opportunity to win a $500 gift card or gas card. See show notes for details and tap and bottle. Tap and Bottle, the great tap, tap and Bottle watch parties. Matt Muehlbach has been to one of these when the great Kevin Woodman showed up downtown. Check it out. Scott, Rebecca, support local. You can get four peaks there as well. Or you can go to the Northwest location as well. Good stuff. Big fans of our fr- uh, fans, friends there. There's a reason that they're uh, expanding all the time. because they're doing things the right way. Tap and Bottle. All right. Now, one thing we did find out, though, is that there, last year you had a closer. You played with guys that were close. You played with guys that were closers. You had the ultimate closer in Sean Elliott. Um, you had uh, last year. You had Ben Matherin. You had. I mean, every good team's had somebody like that. Generally, um, there's no closer on this team. There was nobody that really wanted the ball. Uh, Julius Tabellis is the best player on the team, and this isn't a diss towards Zoo, but some guys are just not wired in the way that um, you know. Giving you an example, Michael Dickerson, one of the best players in U of A history. Um, way more talented than uh, Miles Simon. There's a reason that Michael Dickerson would have had a big time NBA career. Miles Simon did it. Miles Simon wanted shots at the end of the games. Michael Dickerson had no problem giving Miles Simon those shots. It's just how some people are wired. We found out that uh, Julius Tabellis, um, we found out that Julius Tabellis just doesn't really, he doesn't embrace those moments. There's nothing necessarily wrong with it. But now that you know that, I think you got to plan accordingly. And if you're Tommy Lloyd, you got to find that dude. Yeah, no, I think I think they had, you know, guy they didn't they didn't have a lot of guys that that created their own shot. And right. and, and you know, even to to Zoo's point, like Zoo got a lot of stuff, you know, in in the offense, in the flow of the game, you know, running up and down obviously on on you know, high low stuff, fast break stuff. And and frankly, again, Princeton took that away. You know, they right. kind of had the the Stanford game plan of packing everything in the paint and it was tough for him even to get looks down the stretch, not to mention even get the ball um, right. in a good in a good position. So, no, I think you know, look, it's like every year they're going to lose. They lose Ramey and Henderson, right? We don't we don't know about Zoo. That's a possibility. Um, and and uh, I think that I think you have roster changes in construction now every year. So my guess is, look, a couple things on on Tommy. One. I think he'll roll up his sleeves like he's going to do every summer and and get after it. Um, and and I, he was going to do that whether they lost yesterday or went to the Final Four, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, right. Would, wouldn't have matter. But I will say this about Tommy: I thought, you know, no one likes to lose those games. It's it's crushing. Right. It's a crushing defeat when you have those type of losses. Yeah, it sucks to lose in the Sweet Sixteen. It sucks to lose in the Elite Eight. But when you have a first rounder, it's crushing. I thought he did a, a hell of a job. You know. When you lose, what are, what are you going to say? You, you got it. And he was very classy about it. I thought he was right to the point. He said, we didn't have it. We didn't have the enthusiasm and energy we should have. Is that on the coach or is that on the players? When you get to the high That's level. The players. Yeah, That's isn't it? 
it's a player's 100%. I mean, I saw what he was saying before the game. I saw what he was saying the week, the whole week. You, you play play with juice. You play with energy. You play with passion. Right. You Those – this is what's – this is – okay. It, like, to get down to it, college basketball, for better or for worse, it just is what it is. If you look at what Arizona had, they had an incredible season up until yesterday. Right. They, they overperformed probably what they were on paper. They won the Pac-12 championship. They won – some unbelievable they won the Maui championship which was an incredible tournament they beat Tennessee at home they beat UCLA twice you look at all the things they did it was phenomenal but then they lost the first round of the, in the tournament and right. the problem is is that and like I said for better or for worse college basketball becomes about the tournament because it's it, it's where everything really comes to a head and so like I said UCLA two years ago they're a play-in game. They probably maybe even underperformed where they were. They were young, lose their last four games. But who cares? Because right. they went on an incredible deep run that was magical. And so you would rate that season an A-plus for UCLA, despite the fact that their, their regular season probably wasn't as good as they thought it should be. You know what they had, though, too, Matt? They had two guys, in Tiger Campbell and Jaime Hawkes, that, and yeah. even this year, too, that Arizona just doesn't have. You might say that, you know, Julius Tabellis puts up right. num- better numbers. Tiger Campbell, you're not going to worry. have to worry about him being up for a game. You're not going to have to worry about Jaime Hawkes being up for a game. The way that those guys are wired, quite yeah. frankly, is just different, I think, than some of the guys on this Arizona team. Well, you mentioned you mentioned Miles. I mean, that's a great example. Miles didn't play in the – or would he play one game or something? Played, played maybe a minute, a cup of coffee in the NBA, but he was wired for those moments and wired for the tournament, and he had – And Luke knew it. And Luke knew it, and he had the greatest run in history. Right. UVA. That's why his jersey's hanging up, right. in, up in the rafters. So, right. um, you know, hats off to Miles Simon. Like, that's why we all love him. Mm-hmm. So, now, let me ask you this. Um, a bunch of pe- uh, a bunch of, uh, people are asking, a lot of people are asking about um, right now. Um, uh, let's see here. Oh, you know what? I'm going to go with this right now. Brandon Felt. Kerr playing 36 minutes with a messed up shoulder and Kylan playing 13. Even when Kerr is 100% healthy, Kerr is a better guard loyal to a fault. I'm What I see a little bit in Kerr Crease, to be quite frank with, with you, and again, the greats do this too. I thought Luke did this with Shakur. You find you get some coaches, and again, this is just Mike Luke talking right here from the best Western in Sacramento. So you know, <laughs> well, yeah, take, you're still in Sacto, aren't you? I am still in Sacto. Yes. By the way, I don't, I don't hate Sacramento. It's, it's a cool. It's nice. It's yeah. not bad. I grew, as you know, I grew up in the Barry. I used to go up there for tournaments all the time. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, yeah. but you know, Mr. Uh, like all Mustafa Shakur to me was kind of the, and again, other things were happening, but Arizona basketball to me kind of ceased to be the dominant year in and year out entity. Once Jason Gardner left and Shakur came in. And I know this for a fact, talking with some players on the team that it kind of drove some players up a wall that Shakur was not held to a high standard the way that some other players weren't. I see. And again, this is just from an outsider perspective. I see a little bit of that though, with Kerr in that, Kerr was playing 36 minutes. It was clear that uh, um, that Princeton wanted him to shoot the ball. And he's turning the ball over left and right. And I think that's where I think a lot of fans are frustrated because it's like, all right, this team – and let's say he's hurt. This team knows that he's a non-entity out there. And you've got a guy in Boswell who's getting better – or, you know, game in and game out. Where was Kylan Boswell? Yeah. No, it, it felt like he should have played a little more, um, arguably. And um, – 
you know, look, I think he's got a, I think Boswell's got a chance. You, we talk about maybe are there any pros on this team? He might be, yeah, be the one guy that, which that I never would have thought two months I, ago. I know, I never would have thought that. I give, I give him and the staff credit because they knew what they were looking at. Because yeah. I, I remember you and I talked about it early on. I didn't see it, but it was a, it was a dumb reason not to see it after what two or three games, and he was tell, hurt. He tell was the hurt people this summer. Tell the people yeah. what Steve Kerr told you one time about uh, yeah. Zaire yeah. Williams. I think it's a great quote. Yeah, Steve. Steve gave me a great quote about. Um, he said that you know we were talking about we were talking about young guys coming out, a couple of freshmen, Pac-12 guys. He was asking me about them, and he said he goes, I have no I would no no idea how to judge them. They're just right. babies. He said they're babies. I, I I don't know really even what to say. And and here I you and I were judging a guy after a couple of games. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> two games, right. Right. Two right, games, right. Which was probably unfair, but. Um, you know, he's really come on, and I think Kerr's point is really well taken. And, and by the way, we always joke, like, one more time that Boswell's 17. Right. And so he's even younger than a typical freshman, and so um, he's a he's a total baby. I think he's got nothing but upside. All right. Now, what would you – for next year then, um, let's just say that uh, Julius Tabellas and Umar Ballo come back, mainly because you and I disagree a little bit here. Um, I think you think Zoo will play in the league. I don't necessarily see it, but I would love to be wrong on that. Uh, Umar Ballo coming back. Um, Arizona, though, at the wing, you assume you have Kylan Boswell. What does Arizona need? What does Tommy Lloyd need to do within reason? Because, again, as Doug Gottlieb told me a couple times on here, he said there aren't pros in the transfer portal. There's a reason they're in the transfer portal. Yeah. What does Arizona need to do there to get that athleticism slash scoring there that, yes, maybe you're not bringing in Gilbert Arenas and Richard Jefferson, but you're bringing in something like, you know, an upgrade? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think I think Tommy's got his eyes on some young guys that are that are major talent guys. Um, who's the kid that's coming from Texas? Um, Your guy, KJ Lewis. I believe you know somebody in his family. KJ Lewis, I know his dad pretty mm-hmm. well. Uh, great family. That guy. That guy, as far as I know, is is mm-hmm. is a really good player, a, a defensive, physical dog that you know that Arizona could obviously use. So I think it's just you know it's just getting him and some more guys like him. Um, right. and, and I think, you know, of course, uh, Tommy's going to explore the portal and, you know, I think getting one, to, I think, look, I think, I think Tommy has it right. I think the model and what he's doing is right. And he's right. going to get it right. I have a ton of faith in what's going to happen next year and the following years. It's just, you know, for, for the reasons we just talked about, it didn't, it didn't end well this year. And um, I go back to that final four, you know, four formula, which is right. he's going to get multiple pros in here and they're going to have an NBA point guard and they're going to have guys that, you know, multiple shooters and it's, they're going to have rim protectors and it's going to happen. Look, I, I just go back to this and this is no excuse for losing yesterday. Cause that, that was a bummer. Um, but they lost three legitimately first round draft picks last year. I know what did Coloco go 33rd, but right. Um, when you all three legitimate NBA players who will make a lot of money in the NBA legit. And, and I would say this, you were the one that we disagreed on, on Dalen Terry. Uh, You were the one that was probably higher on him than I was and saw it more than I did, but I became a big fan sort of in the second half of last season. And it's funny. You think of Dalen Terry as a dog because he's, he was thin and kind of funny, but he wanted it though. He wanted wanted it. it. And he took, how about him, right? He took big shots. And I just felt like if they had just had Terry, 
right? And I think right. they thought Terry was coming back. If they just had him, I think it would have been an unbelievably different team. Just one guy changes a lot. And I'm going to uh, – I think there's a great point here by AZ and things right here that I want to get to in just a second here. But got to pay the last two of the bills right here. Illegal Pete's. All right, you might say to yourself, Mike, what can Illegal Pete's do for you? Me. If you're like me and – well, I don't want to compare anybody to me and your bracket's busted. Why not go to Illegal Pete's right now? Nothing cures the bracket. Or nothing cures that like my bracket is busted in the first round like fresh limes, tequila, lots of tequila, and sweet agave. Try out an Illegal Pete's coin premium or frozen margarita. Stop by for happy hour, 3 to 6 p.m. You might see uh, our good friend Brody Dryden. I have seen him up there before. Nice. And I will tell you this. You don't miss Brody Dryden when he walks <laughs> into the room. You might miss me. You're not going to miss Brody Dryden. And again, so check it out. Great, great place for a watch party, burrito bowl, you name it. They got it. Illegal Pete's. And one last one, Mountain Mike's Pizza. I am not Mountain Mike. Again, there's a there might be a uh, a campaign out there to say I am. I am not. The real Mountain Mike is much smarter than me. He comes up with great pizza. By the way, there's a Mountain Mike's up here in Sacramento that I'm going to hit up later today, which I'm very, very excited about. Head over to mountainmikespizza.com or to their Mesa Chandler or Tucson locations to get your next order. Reminder, new diehards get a $50 voucher upon signing up. Again, lunch buffet, great food, you name it, they've got it. All right. I think this AC and things makes a great point. Model is right, but the soft players remind me a little bit of the early Gonzaga teams. Here's what great coaches do. They go through different incarnations of what they're trying to do. And yes, Tommy Lloyd is a great coach. You don't win. I don't care what anybody says. You don't win the amount of games that you win the first two years without being good. Um, the all-time record. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> so. so, yeah, you don't win that, especially with this year's team, you know, where you've you know, there were some flaws for sure, but we saw it with Luke. People, I don't need to rehash, you know, he went away from the big men to go in more up-tempo. Gonzaga a little bit the same way. You would always hear about Gonzaga getting, um, you know, basically pushed around in the NCAA tournament. And lo and behold, they went out and they got different dudes out there that could be more physical up front. And as opposed to just getting the Adam Morrisons, not that you don't want the Adam Morrisons, but guys that are a little bit more physical and whatnot. Lloyd's going Lloyd's to get that. And because, again, you don't win the amount of games you do. I think people all look at coaches and they tend to look at them as just stationary figures that they can't improve. I mean, heck, you watch Sean Miller, who just had a nice win today. And he said, yeah. you know, the year off did him a world of good because, you know, it made him sit back and realize the importance of getting up and down, you know, uh, opening up his offense. Lloyd, as you said on the phone yesterday, is a young coach. This is his second year. So I think it's it's not necessarily fair to judge him based off two years. And if you're going to judge him based off two years, you can't just look at the uh, NCAA tournament and not look at the regular season as well. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, the, here's the thing, too. The tournament unfairly dictates the narrative too much. And it, but but it is but I say unfairly because it just, it, it, you, you know, people forget about regular seasons. You just mentioned Sean Miller, who, by the way, I really like Sean. He's always been really great to me. Um, when he left, I think I've told you this on this show before. He he had sent, you know, contacted me, had an awesome like, like, you know, um, just just when he moved on, it was a, he sent me a really, really, really nice text about Arizona, how much he respects the history of it, the program, the people. Mm -hmm. Um, and but the narrative with Sean is they were just down what? I think they were down 10 or 12. They're down 13 um, points. They're down 13. 
Right. They were really lucky to win that game, but the narrative now is going to be, hey, Sean's moving on, did a great job. He's this, that, and the other. Let him play. Let him let get him back play. in it. Right. And, and but the narr- like, if they just, if that guy makes the last layup of the game, the narrative maybe changes completely. Right. Like, here we go. Sean's losing in the first round. And the crazy part was, Sean was an amazing first round and second round head coach for his first like ten or twelve seasons. Right. Right. He right. was really good at it. And then the last few, they didn't work out. The the when you're a, when you're a head coach in the tournament, you put yourself in these positions. I don't care who you are, you are going to have some some stub your toe moments. You know, right. it's it's going to happen. But like you said, I think it's a great point with Tommy. He's only in his second year. He had a really good year, an amazing year last year. It was, it was a tough out in the Sweet Sixteen. This was a stub your toe. This was a bad. You know, this mm-hmm. sucked. This is a bad. This was a bad loss. It's no doubt about it. It's a bad one. And, you know, but he's going to learn from it. He'll he'll come back and he'll figure it out. And, and like you say, he'll he'll figure out, okay, what do we need? How do we need to maybe change things up a little bit? Maybe there's some personnel. Maybe there's a way to approach things differently. Like you said, I don't blame him at all for the energy of the team. Right. Um, but maybe he sees it and says, okay, this is something I can do to, you know, to, to better, to better um, fix, fix that. One thing I would like to see him do. And again, I always need to uh, I need to preface this by saying the one um, I'm Mike Luke, the best Western in Sacramento. So take this for what it's worth. One thing I don't like about the team, though, Matt, I don't like all the the team chirps at the officials the entire game. Now, granted, they didn't really do it here, but just watching them all up and down. Yeah. Everybody talks to the officials. I mean, I get that, you know, we're in the year 2023 and kids want to express themselves. But that to me also is that to me also is something where. All right. At, at the end of the day, guys, you need to be quiet here. And, you know, again, that kind of goes to me with Kerr. If you're going to talk that much, you got to do something. And um, I would like to see that toned down a little bit, mainly. Maybe it's just my old soul coming through. <laughs> you're an old school guy. Right. Well, here's the irony is that, you know, Tommy wants them to show their personality. He, he right. mentioned that to me in one of the first games this year. And so, okay, you take the chirping with, okay, show your personality. From, from the opening tip and how you play. And normally they do that. And for whatever reason, it was it was not there yesterday. Right. I would have, in some ways, I would have almost yeah, wanted to agree. Something. Like, like right. say something. Like, get, get in the game. You show know? some emotion. Yeah, show the emotion. Get a technical. I mean, yes, right. You saw them after they beat UCLA. It looked right. like they were they were fired up. They were as right. emotional as I've seen them all year. Look at them after they beat um, – uh, who wasn't in the final? Was it Creighton in the final of Maui? How, yeah. how excited they were. And they just they didn't have it yesterday. All right. He is the great Matt Muehlbach, also a.k.a. Uh, Mark Georgeson right there. So, again, Matt, um, always, always, always appreciate your time, my guy. I appreciate you, Mike. It was good. It was a good year for Arizona basketball. It was a horror. It was a. It was a horrible ending. Was a horrible but nobody ending. ever said backing the A would be easy, but it's still a yeah. privilege. How about that? It is. And, you know, you got to give those guys credit. They outplayed what they did during the season. They didn't in the last game. But, you know, you move on. And, and let's let's put it this way. I don't think anyone was shocked they didn't win the national title. Right. And and that's what this program's trying to do. It's trying to get to another four, a final four and win another national title. I think that's ultimately their goal, right? They're not they're not here to win first round games. Right. Um, for sure. And and so, yeah, it sucked. But, hey, back at it, man. Strap them back on and, and redo it. Right. <laughs> He's Matt Muehlbach. I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.